Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, what's up, guys? You're listening to the Alt in Our Stars, Billboard's very own alternative and rock music podcast with a title that I hope ages very well beyond 2014, so we'll see about that. Today we're talking Grammys, and I know you've probably been inundated with Grammy 2015 coverage the past few days. I know I have, so we're hoping to bring some fresh perspective you haven't heard yet. I'm your host, Chris Payne, and I'm here with two first-time Alt in Our Stars guests, editor-at-large Joe Levy. Yeah, they call me the fresh maker, so you're set with all of the fresh perspective. Brother. You're going to be good. And pop shop mastermind Jason Lipschitz. They call me the Fresh Prince of the Grammy. I don't have anything. Wow, but, that uh, was, it started. Sorry, guys. It started, and then yeah. it just you could have just gone. They call me with what city did you grow up in? Uh, in in Philly, not Philly, near Philly. Well, but, what's the name of the town? Uh, Voorhees. Huh? Voorhees. What was the matter the, with the Fresh, the Fresh Prince, Prince of, of Voorhees? Voorhees? Yeah, I don't know if the Alt and Our Stars listeners know my backstory enough to get that but. there was one time he told a publicist he was from philly and when they found out he wasn't just outside it they got really offended that's very true yeah i so i always say like philly area now how do you, how do you get your cheese stick i get well i'm not a big cheese guy so i get like a steak sandwich I know. he doesn't like cheese okay. yeah, that's right. true <laughs> so when i say fresh perspectives both of these guys were actually at the grammys in los angeles yes, true. this past weekend so i want to get some first-hand perspectives you know this is a rock and alternative music podcast so we're going to focus on the grammys through those genres and i just really want to make this like a first-hand window into what it's like to be out of the grammys because i've never been there so first off each of you take me through what you did while you were out in la uh well joe you you uh, you were actually – did you actually go – were you in the Staples Center for the show? I was in the Staples Center for the show, okay. yeah. I, I went out on Tuesday before the Grammys, so I, I was there for most of Grammy week. Um, and you know what? You can hit Grammy week very hard night after night. You can go to label parties. Uh, Post-Grammys, there are a number of label parties, and there was – somewhere in the hills of Beverly, a house where Sam Smith and Disclosure held it down until the sun rose. I wasn't there. I was not there uh, But, asleep. you know, my Grammy experience was shaped by giving commentary about the Grammys to the East Coast while I was in L.A. <laughs> so almost every night I was getting going to bed 
on the early side getting picked up at like 4, 4.30 in the morning at the hotel to go to some studio and talk to the Today Show, CBS This Morning. There was one night where our colleague Andrew Hamp was rolling in at 4 a.m. from a neon gold pool party, and that's what you want to be doing. You're yeah. out in L.A., you want to be going to a pool party in the middle of the freaking night, but just the same. And I was getting picked up while he was coming in to go off and talk to uh, the East Coast to tell them the shocking news that Sam Smith was about to win some Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> Very bold. Uh, yeah, I, I am also, I did not hit up the party scene either. I um, Well, let's not make it too dull. We were both at the Clive we Davis the, pre-Grammy gala. You were true. on the red carpet. Yeah, I was backstage, like the and then I was in the room for that, and that was pretty amazing. It was pretty cool. It was very cool seeing all the talent uh, walk by and just seeing non-music talent at the Clive party, like Jane Fonda was there. The first person who walked the red carpet was John Voight. It was just like, oh, all right, the red carpet started. John Voight's here chatting it up. And, you know, uh, uh, Billboard has the photo of everybody who was there on stage at the Clive Davis party. So everyone from like Johnny Mathis and Smokey Robinson, very old school, to Mark Ronson and Rita Ora and Sam Smith, right? Yeah. And I was backstage while that, that photo was being taken. I was talking to those people. So Ronson and I come out and we go into the bar area and mm-hmm. they're shutting down the bar. And luckily, one thing about having the number one single in the country, you can get the bartender to pour when they're <laughs> disassembling the bar. So you're getting a few drinks, right? And Jamie Foxx comes over and he goes, that song, that song. The minute I heard that, he starts singing the Uptown Funk bass line. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to stalk you. You're going to produce for me. And I got to tell you, it was worth going to Los Angeles just to hear in this empty ballroom that, where everybody had been having cocktails, right? Just to hear Jamie Foxx tell the story of how he first met Kanye and how he first came to record Gold Digger it was pretty amazing. And the Gold Digger story is because he's already been he's already been on a Kanye track at that point. Yeah. He's home in bed, and his manager calls him and says, you want to be in the music business? He's like, yeah, you know I want to be. Get your ass out of bed and get to the studio <laughs> at 3.30 in the morning. And they record Gold Digger in the middle wow. of the night. It was pretty great. It was a great story. Yeah, they because they had the um, Slow Jam song with yeah. Twista. So. Yeah, mm. and so what he said about that was that you know, he does this new music Mondays or something at his house. You know, he's got mm-hmm. a stage in his house, right? And this is before he had, it might have even been before he put out a record or a record anyone mm-hmm. paid attention to. Anyway, Kanye comes in when he's just got, like, through the wire, right? And, yeah. And nobody knows who he is, and they put him on stage, and as Fox explains, you know, like, you know, the, the rules are you, you no booing. Everybody gets to do their thing. And he was great. And he's, you know, I'm a producer. I'm just, well, I just so happen to have a recording studio in my house. <laughs> so Slow Jams, he gets in there and he gets the hook, right? And he starts singing it. And Kanye's like, what are you doing? Well, I've got to put some stuff on it. Don't put any stuff on it. You're ruining it. And so Jamie Foxx's whole thing is like, I thought he didn't know what he was doing. I thought this kid is ruining it, mm-hmm. you know? And then turns into a hit. Yeah, it turns into a smash. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, good story. Um, yeah, my – so – Going back to Grammy weekend, uh, I, I didn't actually um, – I, I don't have any fun anecdotes along that line. It was just more about, like, running into people both on the red carpets and, and outside of red carpets. I did the red carpet at the Clive party, like Joe said, as well as at the actual Grammys. I was there uh, with Keith Ca- Keith Caulfield for five hours. And people really do come at noon. Like, the, the show starts at 5 West Coast mm. time. And people came at noon because the, the pre-telecast awards – are a couple hours before the actual show. So it, it's it's just so funny, like, seeing all these people, like, come in, in these 
you know, evening gowns and it's noon uh, West Coast time. And it, it was awesome. I mean, I, I it was one of my favorite things was was talking to people who had just won. Like the the pre telecast winners, like right? Because there's like, so many awards that just aren't on air. Yeah, like I, I, well, I think there are 82 or 83 awards, and nine of them were on mm. air. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> Every hip hop award. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Unless you were Sam Smith, you probably wanted, to, uh, or Beck, you probably wanted a pre telecast award. But yeah, it was just cool. Like I, I mean, I saw like the great big world guys, and they were like, they were just like, we just won a Grammy. We're like, still winning like, awards. Like. They like, you know, they never thought that song was going to be a big deal. I, I saw like Clean Bandit, uh, Detail, who's who's a producer who's been around forever, uh, did a lot of Lil Wayne stuff. He mm-hmm. won his first Grammy for Drunken Love, and he like, he he was the only artist that we interviewed on the red carpet. To like, usually the publicist comes over and is like, "Hey, we have Hosier. Hey, we have Charlie XCX. Whatever." But Detail just barges in and he's like, "Hey guys, I'm Detail. I won Grammy." <laughs> and where I'm like, "All right, let's start rolling. Let's go." And he was actually the one who totally unprompted. I was like, "Oh, what you know? What are you working on this year?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, the Jay Z and Beyonce album. Yeah, it's coming." And I was like, "Wait, really?" And and he was like, "I was like an actual album." He's like, "Well, when you think Beyonce and Jay Z, you think album." So I was like. Whoa! And it, I, I was, this was in like the 80th interview I did, and I'm like, I think like I I text uh, uh, our boss, and I'm like, I think someone just confirmed the Jay Z Beyonce album on the red carpet, totally unprompted. So they, so I you know obviously that um, that video did well for us, and uh, yeah, it was it was just kind of a whirlwind. But have you ever done the the Grammys red carpet, Joe? I've never done the Grammys red carpet. I've done Grammys backstage a couple of years ago okay. for the Today Show, uh, cool. which was interesting uh jay-z came in that was the year that jay-z did the thing with lincoln park and paul mccartney yes Mm -hmm. Yes. uh jay-z came in to the one-on-one booth uh mariah carey came in we got a lot of we talked to a lot of people but we were backstage so most of the grammys we saw was me peeking out uh just looking at what's going on in the staples center or watching on tv but you're right i mean i've been to the grammys many times and since it's moved up to the staples center it's a different vibe when you had it. It used to be when you had it back in the '90s at the Shrine in Los Angeles. Because I'm like 97 years old. <laughs> I've been doing this since before back you in were my born. Day. Yeah. Now, but the Shrine was like a small place. Yeah. And so it it was a small room. You know, it didn't seem as weird as filing into a basketball arena, and a lot of people get dressed up in tuxedos. And you're talking like people who are in the rafters yeah. at four in the afternoon. I guess they're going to go to parties afterwards, but they're not on camera. And they're not happy because the other thing about being in the rafters at the Staples Center is there's no booze. Yeah. It's a dry venue. Unless you're backstage in an artist or you're huh. in a luxury box, it's a dry venue. You can't get a beer. You can't get a white wine spritzer. Uh, you, you can get some Staples Center sushi. Yeah, uh, I, I had me some Staples Center sushi. <laughs> How was that Staples Center sushi? Uh, it was, you know, round and it involved rice and avocados <laughs> and fish. You know, it was very, all right. Very general, very basic. <laughs> so, where did you sit during the awards show? Uh, I was, I was actually in a box. Okay. So there was uh, wine, beer, ah. alcohol available, and club soda. I had a lot of club soda because mm. I was tweeting. Yeah. Don't tweet drunk people. 
don't tweet drunk. <laughs> just, I just picture you like, OMG, back one, A, O, T, Y, a million exclamation points, drunk Joe tweeting. Yeah, no, news. yeah, I, I use a lot of emojis when I drink. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, high-profile alternative artists, if there is such a thing, back-winning album of the year, as you might have heard, everyone out there. Yeah. Joe, you've been covering music since back when he was nominated for Odalie in 97 and Midnight Vultures in 01. Like, do you remember the Grammy decisions being so hotly contested back then? Yeah, I mean, I, Grammy is full of surprises. You know, the Grammy decisions are notoriously erratic, let us say. Mm. You know, Jason uh, went with a list of album of the year tragedies. Would you oh, it? you saw that on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, I follow you on Twitter. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Fresh Prince of wherever the hell you were born. <laughs> And there's plenty of them besides that. That's the thing. You went with seven from recent years. Yeah, I went with... Some of which you think are greater tragedies than I do. And, you know, maybe you skip, like, the triumph of the Suburbs actually winning album. Oh, yeah. It delivers that kind of surprises, too. For sure. Um, But Grammys is notorious for being like, what? Esperanza who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like yeah. why? Wh- why did that win? And and before Twitter, before you had kids and trolls saying, "I don't know who Paul McCartney is." Come on, whatever. <laughs> I don't know who Beck. I think they're just playing with you now. I mean, before you had that, you had plenty of people scratching their heads over Esperanza Spalding winning. And Grammys is, can be a little bit like Oscars. You know, the the industry wants to honor the best it can be whether it is that or not. Mm. Yeah. So I, take nothing away from Esperanza Spalding. Whether or not she's the best new artist of that year, voting coalesced around, hey, isn't that interesting? A jazz bassist is nominated for yeah. best new artist this year. Whereas with Beck, voting coalesced around the idea of, hey, isn't that interesting? An album, the way I remember albums used to be. <laughs> all the songs made by the same people sitting in a room using <laughs> instruments. Stroking a long yeah, white I'm, beard. It, it, I it, remember the full length. It's a, yeah. I mean, it's a very, very old-fashioned choice. It's an old-fashioned sounding record. Whether you like it or not, and, and, and even the people who love it, love it for the fact that it points back to a 60s, 70s sound. Yeah. I, I've been thinking a lot about what the Album of the Year award means. And on, on one hand, it just means absolutely nothing. Like, it's just like, this is the the Grammys, and people can care as much as they want to about the Grammys. They say it's Album of the Year. Other people say, you know, like, Pitchfork has its own Album of the Year. This blog has its own Album of the Year. I mean, it's just as much stock as you want to put it put in it that that's what you're going to take away from it i I do think that it's just kind of a bummer and we talked about this last week i I think i talked about this with erica uh ramirez about i just feel like it's a bummer that album of the year just doesn't mean that much in our culture and in the way that people run up the best picture nominees like the whole nomination process is very like hotly contested and people get so invested in that and then the nominations are announced and people get outraged about that and they discuss and then they have the actual best picture winner and which we'll find out in a couple weeks but people just don't really get that way boyhood i I don't want to give anything (laughs) away brother but boyhood well boyhood or Birdman. that's that's the thing we'll see um but anyway uh yeah i agree that boyhood's probably gonna win 
But anyway, I, I just think that like, let me let me ask you guys a question. Do either of you remember what won Album of the Year two years ago? That was Mumford. Yeah, good call, man. Good call, Mumford and Sons Babel. I asked. Yeah. I asked this question uh, to a couple people and, and just like because nobody cares, nobody Babel. remembers and Babel. <laughs> yeah, that's the way they say it on the record. I'm just saying that is true. That is true. I think it's yeah, isn't it like biblically Babel, right? Anyway, this is a discussion for. <laughs> I'm a, just here to correct you. Keep going. I, I just wish. But that, what's, what's your point? That well, Oscars means more than Grammys? No, I think that the Best Picture uh, winner means more to people, to society as a as a whole. Than the album of the year winner does. Mm. I don't know. Album of the year is going to mean a lot to Beck this year. <laughs> I mean, an album that sold. What's the what's the SoundScan figure? I'm that's not sure. It is. I've read somewhere that it's the lowest selling album of the year in like right. A, a misleading statistic because albums because in general sell less sure. than they less used than the to. Suburbs, but though. right. But it, it. But but again, album album sales decline year after year after yeah. year after year. So it's a slightly misleading statistic, but still not an album released in February. Uh, and not an album that's been in the conversation that much since then yep. is going to have a lot of people paying attention to it right now. But but Wait, I, and radio is going to pay attention to this record in a way that it hasn't before, and it's got a chance to connect commercially in a way that it hasn't before. I mean, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but I, I still think it matters. It's a lot of eyeballs, and it's a lot of talk. I would argue that I think it's going to see like a one week bump and then that'll be it. Well, I, we have to see what happens with radio because uh, here at Billboard, we spoke to programmers yeah. who said we're going to get behind this record. Yeah. And Grammy means that to them, right? Album, the album of the year Grammy means that to them. And if radio gets behind it, wh wh however much you might think, gee, we live in a digital world and radio doesn't matter anymore. It's it radio does, yeah. that sells records. It's radio that makes hits. Yeah. And if Beck ends up on radio and it begins to connect in that way, you could see something happen. So it could be that this Grammy ends up meaning a lot. It certainly meant something to Kanye. Yeah, well, that's true. And no, I, I that is a great point that I do think it'll see more of an impact in terms of songs and radio play than actual album sales. Like, I don't think it's going to see a prolonged bump. Uh, I think it'll be maybe a week, maybe two, and then... But yeah, if these songs, you know, like you said, if, if alternative PDs do say, hey, we should, you know, he performed the new song Hard as a Drum, not new, but new single. Um, on and it the was Grammys. great. Yeah, which is great with Chris with Chris Martin. And it was really good. So we'll see. We'll see. But um, Grammys overall this year, and I just want to step back and give a long view. Grammys overall this year was lacking a Kendrick Imagine Dragons moment, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it was lacking an electrifying moment like that. There were a lot of ballads. I counted up. I believe that mm. there were 23 performances, and 14 of them were ballads. Oh and that's God, not counting really? that minor key opening that Pharrell tacked on to Happy. Oh. So maybe 14 and a quarter. <sighs> there was a lot of ballads. People were complaining. Last year about the ballot-heavy Grammys, they were complaining about it. This year, at least the people sitting where I was sitting were complaining about it. Yeah, you wonder why Fancy wasn't performed, why Megan Trainor didn't perform, why Taylor Swift didn't perform. And that'll take us back to why Beyonce didn't win Album of the Year, because there's an anti-pop bias. Yeah. Mm. There's just, I mean, there it's just true. is. It's very true. Yeah. And you know, on the one hand, maybe no Fancy because, well— Every award show in the world 
I don't care if you were giving out an award for coal mining. Iggy showed up and didn't fancy up till now. Yeah. Speaking of which, I was so happy that we didn't hear bang bang again. I can't take it. It has been on every single award show so far. Right. So 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 we might have been a little burned out on that, but just the same. There's Ariana, right? Yeah. Now Jason loves him some Ariana Grande. You know me. Uh, and <laughs> were you hoping she was going to perform that song? No. Yeah, and we complained about it afterward about, um, what was it, Just a Little Bit of My Heart? And yeah. and what's weird is that she has a new single, One Last Time, which is a mid-tempo song, um, a little bit faster than the one she performed, and I don't know why she didn't do that, but... Do the song with The weekend. Yeah. Which, again, she's done on award show yeah, already. But, AMAs, but but yeah. instead, she comes up with the ballad, the big ballad, to show what a big voice she has. And I'm convinced. I, yeah. I like her. She doesn't need to prove that exactly. again. That was, that was what my problem was. Exactly. Anyway. Just have some fun, people. Even Beyonce, who didn't win for Album of the Year. I believe Kanye pointed that out <laughs> silently. <laughs> Even Beyonce comes was, up on stage and does she do? She doesn't even do a Beyonce song. Yeah. She doesn't have to do the one with the twins dancing. You know, like she doesn't have to bring out the the twins. All right, but you know, just give me a little Beyonce. Yeah. You know, I, particularly at that point in the broadcast, we could have used it. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, see pain. Yeah, I mean, Joe, you mentioned the anti pop bias that you see with the Grammys. I want to really get inside the minds and get into the inner workings of the selection process and the voters because even once the voting happens it's only after who's nominated for each category and also so much of the show is just who's chosen to perform so like do you think part of the problem or part of fixing things does it lie in with just how people vote like do you think like how how do you think the average grammy voter votes and how does that contribute to these issues I don't even know who the average Grammy voter is. I mean, in a literal sense, I do not know the median age of a Grammy voter. I mm-hmm. don't know exactly who that Grammy voter is. You guys ever read Rob Kenner's piece about being a Grammy voter? No. I have not, no. You should read it. Yeah. it, it because it's interesting and because he he is going to explain to you, he's a member of the nominating committees, mm-hmm. right? And specifically, he's a reggae expert. And he is a member of that nominating committee. He is there to ensure that, first, everything that's put up for nomination qualifies and you have to be 51 percent reggae yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't even know what that means um i'd like to see the thing that's 49 i love that 49 <laughs> percent reggae it's uh, almost it, 49%, reggae. 49 percent magic yeah, yeah. <laughs> Snoop, uh, wow uh that was rude um and then they do their best to make sure the best things are put forward for nomination two rounds of voting yeah right mm. and so kenner is going to explain the voting process to you and it's the clearest explanation of it i've read and you'll still walk away a little confused because the thing is you're if you're a grammy voter there you that means you have six credits you appear on six albums yep. as a songwriter as a producer as an engineer, as a liner note writer, right? Any yeah. of those things. So if any of us qualified, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know. Do you guys engineer records? I, I, on the side. Oh, yeah, sure. No, you, know, you, you rap. That's you know that thing, You man. know that Iggy Azalea album? I wrote the liner notes for All it. All right, come on. <laughs> uh, if any of us were to qualify, it might be, you know, uh, in, in that regard. Otherwise, you're talking about people who aren't just recording artists and not just industry executives. You're talking about engineers. You're talking about songwriters. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you are wondering why 
Grammy voting is the way it is, look at the credits on the Beyonce record. Exactly, yeah. How many singers are there and how many engineers are there? So those memes that have been going around pointing that out, you're saying there kind of is, at least in the Grammy voters' minds, there is something to that. Wait, something to what? What's the, 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 me- the memes going around, they're showing like, Beck played all these instruments, one writer, Beyonce, here's this laundry list of collaborators. Well, they, they say it as a negative to Beyonce. Right. Yeah. I, well, that, that go- I think that goes back to the uh, – and I'm sorry, I, that wasn't exactly what I meant. I think that goes back to the anti-pop bias. That goes mm-hmm. back to the idea of like, well, a true artist is someone who stands up and creates know, as opposed to collaborates and puts together a commercial uh, and artistic masterpiece, yeah. which the Beyonce record is. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. both those things. Taking nothing away from the Beck record. I like Beck. I, I probably like Beck more than both of you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, <laughs> um, but that said, the Beyonce record is an awfully good record and an awfully unusual record. Yeah. I mean, and what everybody points out about the Beck record, wrongly, I think, is that it is some sort of sequel to Sea Change. In other words, it's not even unusual yeah. in the context of Beck's re- Beck records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the Beyonce record is unusual in the context of everything else and unusual in the context of Beyonce's career. And we are talking about an artist who has never gotten the credit she deserves for putting together great albums. Yeah. And an artist who is based around singles and videos, mm-hmm. that that's her thing. That's how you remember Beyonce when you think about Beyonce. But as a solo artist, has delivered coherent album after coherent album. It's true. They hang together. They're good listens. They're great music. They're highly unusual in the world of commercial pop yeah. or commercial R&B. Uh, but there, there, I do believe there's a bias against it. No, what I was trying to point out when I said there's, there's a long list of, say, engineers is that there might be more engineers than songwriters and artists. So if you're wondering, like, why does an album that sounds awfully good or pays tribute to actual music, quote-unquote, win something, Mm -hmm. it's because you're talking about people who think more about microphone placement than I do. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. This is something I've been wondering myself. Do you think that there would be so... I don't know if there is a backlash. I guess there is something of a backlash to Beck winning this award. But do you think they would be as strong as it is if it was a different Beck album that had won? Like, say, like, you know, say just hypothetically, like, Guero is, was made last year instead of Morning Phase. Or say, like, Midnight Vultures was made. Do you, do you guys think that, like, the conversation is totally different? I think the conversation is different. I don't think it's totally different. I, I I understand what you're saying. What if a Beck album that was 
more less sleepy. more at the top more of his pop, game more challenging sure. yeah exactly um less musically retro mm-hmm. uh what if that were to win so something that pointed to the 80s instead of the 60s <laughs> <laughs> um, that is midnight vultures uh yeah it, it might it'd be a different conversation i think people would still be just as surprised See, what I was wondering about was what if there had been different upsets? Would Kanye would have joke stormed the stage? Would he have gone on that that string of comments? I don't want to say ramp. But what if Pharrell had won? What if Sam Smith had won? What if Ed Sheeran had won Kanye's instead of Beyonce? Kanye's not stepping to any of those guys. You don't, not even like well, Ed Kanye's Sheeran. Kanye's not stepping. Kanye's going to. No, I don't think Kanye's stepping to Ed Sheeran. I don't think so, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll never know. Um, because Ed Sheeran lives in the world that Kanye lives in. Right. And, and by that, I mean he writes for pop artists. Yep. Uh, you know, admittedly, maybe Ed Sheeran qualifies as some sort of Taylor Swift five years ago. I don't know. I yeah. Mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, certainly not Pharrell. Yeah. And not Sam Smith. He's, he's not going to make the joke. Sam Smith, I'm going to let you finish. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to do that. And certainly not Pharrell. I mean, I think he'd be confused but happy. Ah. It didn't start out as a joke. Um, But, I I mean, I think that would be a confusing win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, uh, as cliche as it is is to say, I really did feel like before this award came out that any five of these albums – could have won like i i back obviously with you know the history the track record of grammy voters but also you know like the sam smith album was huge and it had like it was a huge commercial success same with ed sheeran ed sheeran's that album has had like three top 20 hits mm-hmm. uh pharrell i mean pharrell would probably be the most surprising but it had the biggest song of last year so yeah. it's, it, it wasn't that like even the beck album wasn't that shocking of a choice to me but yeah no i mean i would have been perfectly comfortable going on record saying beck will never win really i would have been perfectly i would have been perfectly comfortable saying any of the other four had a chance but beck will never win and in fact as everyone has pointed out that may be exactly what happened that the votes split among sam smith and beyonce and maybe ed sheeran i didn't think ed sheeran was a very strong contender in that category either i really thought it was between sam smith and beyonce yeah, I, 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 I definitely thought Beck had a chance just because it's like, I mean, you know, this is his third album of the year nomination. Um, it's not like, you know, it, it's kind of like that lifetime achievement vibe I got a little bit. I mean, Morning Face has been his first album in six years. It was well received. It, was, it, it wasn't like, you know, tepidly received. So, um, Except in Pitchfork where it got a tepid 6.8. Did it really? Yeah. I uh, Yeah, that was pretty tepid. <laughs> <laughs> But I would say, um, I would say it's it, it was one of his stronger albums in in terms of critical acclaim. Um, Absolutely, but, critically acclaimed record. I yeah. think, as as I already said, I think uh, a misreviewed record. Every single person said it's like a follow up to Sea Change because yes. he recorded with the same band, and he's never been, as he pointed out, almost never been without this band, and he's almost never not been making this music yeah. in one way, shape, manner, or form. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, what are the drums and bass doing? Otherwise, I, I, and, and again, no disrespect to the dude. I, I, I like this record. I probably like it more than Sea Change. Yeah, so do I, actually. A record I do not like at all. <laughs> Me neither. Um, and I think it is not the intention of that record to be liked. I think that's an extraordinarily painful, uncomfortable record. Yep. 
And this record is a bummed out record, a pretty and bummed record. <laughs> and it's an easier record to listen to. Bummed out is a lot easier to deal with than my heart is broken. <laughs> it's like excruciating. Let me tell you what it feels like when my inside sweat <laughs> for like and he forty-five made that, minutes and, straight. And that's what he made after Midnight Vultures, which is which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it's a little crazy to think about. Midnight Vultures was a deeply humorous record, yeah. although both address similar sorts of things. Yeah. Um, Midnight Vultures is a, a record about decadence and things falling apart and sea change is a record about heartbreak and things falling apart but things are falling apart in both of them and in in general there isn't a beck record where things aren't falling yeah, apart. yeah there's never like a hey guys i'm doing swell beck record <laughs> that's right guess he's doing fine yeah he's he's good throwing a little sea change reference there but last question I have for you guys, Jason, you did a pretty good 2016 Grammys predictions piece. Oh, yeah. Even though like 85% of this music <laughs> has not yet been released. So looking at the surprise pick with Beck this year, what artists do you see as being people who could pull similar surprises with getting Grammy love, particularly alternative artists in 2016? Well, like, I think that if the XX put out a great album in 2015, they could get some big four love. Ooh. In the big four categories, uh, I don't know, man. They, they, I don't know. They maybe an uh, maybe an album, but yeah, I don't an know album. A, you know, as like that that would they qualify for best new artist? Could they do that? <laughs> I don't know. They've been pretty liberal with with divvying out best new artists. They, in the I don't past. know if they've been nominated before. No, they. I don't think they have, and I don't think they would That'd reach the sales figure that it takes to qualify well my whole my whole thing that i wrote yesterday which was 2016 grammys fan fiction basically was uh about how if this was you know if if this is going to be the pattern um that the grammys follow that a band like radiohead could mm. win an denied album in the year. past lost for okay computer yeah. would win for a lesser album in, in exactly. 15 years later but you know, and well, the, don't say it's lesser before they've even recorded <laughs> the damn thing. <laughs> I mean, if Radiohead won up OK Computer in 2015, it'd be an amazing year yeah. for for music. That'd be awesome. Actually, the XX is a really interesting example for you to pick because you you picked you picked perform you you picked guys who are actually enormously influential. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know who who's have been covered with Shakira, who did the XX cover? Uh, Rihanna. Did I mean? Her, but I mean, the, yeah. that that music has influenced mainstream pop. Yeah, music. songwriters, Grammy voters would be really into that, to nominating that. I so, think. I, so in in a way, that's an interesting example. You're talking about people who are making, still making music, still pushing the boundaries of their quiet and fascinating world. You know, even if it's renting out the armory here in New York and saying we're going to play for like, <laughs> what, 50 people? Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> like, who want to make music that's very, very personal, but that very personal music has had a bigger impact. And that's a really interesting example to me. I, I mean, I'd like it to be, if it's alternative, I'd like it to be alternative. I'd like it to be something I don't actually know yet, as yeah. opposed to mm. people like St. Vincent, who's a winner this year. Yep. Who's getting recognized for a body of work leading up to it, taking nothing away from her album, which is probably not the best St. Vincent album, but that's okay. <laughs> taking nothing away taking from nothing it, away, but take just a little away I'll from it. I'll be take away. Let from me just it. take a little away from it. No, I, 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 but I do think that that 
with Grammy voters, and this gets back to your question earlier, who's the mm-hmm. Grammy voter, what are they voting for, that when it comes to alternative, when it comes to a lot of things that are not dead in the mainstream, you're going to get recognized for work up to that moment. Right. Now, you suddenly burst on the scene. You're a sensation right now. Nobody heard of Jason Lipschitz, didn't even know. Yeah. Didn't even see this one who, coming. Who are they? In his who are predi- they? And, you know, that's because, again, just getting back to who are the Grammy voters and how do they vote, when it comes down to, I think you get to, in, in the final, no, once the nominations are out, in the final categories, I think you get to vote 24 times. I think you get to vote in the four general categories, and then you can vote 20 other times. You can't vote 84, 83 yeah. times, right? Yeah. So if you are, say, like me, a well-known polka expert <laughs> <laughs> or polka musician, but you get your Grammy ballot and you want to vote in the heavy metal categories, they discourage you from doing it. You're supposed to vote in your field of expertise, your area of expertise, but you can vote for whatever you want. Hmm. You know what? Um, so you get Tenacious D winning in the metal category. Oh, my God. Mm. I asked Mastodon about that on the red carpet. I was like, and they were like, oh, we don't care. I was like, how does it feel to be nominated? Because there's only one metal category, and I've been ranting about this for weeks. There's only one metal category, and it's best metal performance. And two of the five nominees were on a Ronnie James Dio tribute album like that was <laughs> in the one metal category and one of them was Vanless tenacious d Grammy like come on guys and, and and how does that happen and let let us specify that tenacious d genuinely love metal oh of course and they genuinely they, and they make they play around with it and they have some fun with it they genuinely love it they genuinely love ronnie james dio yeah they of course. genuinely do and that song is pretty good but <laughs> mastodon <laughs> Don't have the name recognition that Tenacious exactly. D do. Yeah. Mm. They have never made their own version of the classic Pick of Destiny. <laughs> I mean, they're not they're, they're not as famous, so they're they're not winning. Yeah. Uh, what I was gonna say is uh, going back to your question, C Pain. Um, maybe uh maybe some Bjork. Maybe maybe some Bjork love in the Grammys next year. That album's getting, you know surprisingly strong reviews so yeah and it totally fits in with what joe said about the body of work and coming yeah. up to this moment because bjork does have a very yeah, big been, body she's of work been nominated um not for album of the year but she's been nominated a bunch of times for best alternative album and i don't think she's ever won so you never know so there you have it there you have it so <laughs> The Grammy is very unpredictable very erratic but great for discussions it's one thing you gotta love about the grammys that is true they get the discussion going. <laughs> so oh, that concludes this week's episode of the Alton Our Stars podcast. We'll be back next Friday with Andrew McMahon. Remember, you can keep up with the Alton Our Stars podcast, which posts every Friday to billboards.com, by clicking on the iTunes link below in the last paragraph. You can also listen to archived episodes, Fallout Boys, Screaming Females, New Politics. It's all in there. Until next week, take care, guys. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.